Hello, spiritual seekers. Welcome to episode 15 of Think Spiritual. My name is Mark, and today we are here in my parents' home, and I am interviewing my father today, Bruce, and we are going to be asking him about his spiritual journey. Here with me as well, of course, is my co-host, Christine. Hello, Seekers. <laughs> and Merry Christmas. Yeah, it is Christmas time at the moment. This is why we're down at my parents'. Uh, this episode will not be released for some time just due to the uh, schedule that I have Great. developed for the podcast. And I think that's one of the best things to do and not just sort of have a random hodgepodge of various topics all over the place. At least it kind of keeps some consistency to it. Uh, if you hear some noise in the background, uh, we're just in the kitchen here at my parents' home. My mother is there uh, getting coffee for Christine or tea, apparently. And there's, uh, you might hear us munching on cookies and various Christmas goodies from time to time. So hopefully that doesn't detract too much. But anyway, I would like to welcome my father, Bruce, to the podcast. Thank you. And uh, I hope we can just have a, <clears throat> pardon me, hope we can have a good conversation and get to know a different side. I guess I'm doing this partly, maybe I'll get to know a slightly different side to you, Dad. <laughs> that, it could be. And, and that's sort of, the, sort of the goal of me doing this podcast in one sense and interviewing family members, starting with Christine, or starting with myself, uh, then we did an interview with Christine as well. And so we get to share a slightly different side of each other that maybe we don't always get to see. And I hope that's the case with you today here, is that I get to see a little bit of a different side of who you are and what has, where your spiritual journey through all these years has led you. Mm -hmm. uh, so obviously when I was growing up, you, you were a Pentecostal pastor. Yes, that's right. And we... Moved around from church to church a fair bit. Yes, but what are you doing now? You're doing something different. You're not. You're not a pastor per se now, quote unquote. I'll, what What are you doing now? That and I know what, what you're doing now. You love doing. Well, first of all, the pastoral ministry uh, is kind of a recipe for burnout. Many people wouldn't relate to that, but I know that a lot of pastors would realize that they try to be all things to all people. My gifting is pastoral. In other words, uh, that doesn't necessarily make you, everybody is a leader, but that does not necessarily make you a, an accountant for doing books for the church or uh, leading right. in board yeah. meetings or any of the above. And so after really kind of, I would say, burning out a few times, I decided that I had to do something different. Little did I realize that uh, chaplaincy in a prison of all places would be that uh, place where I was really, or I still am, really fulfilled. So, so the 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 burnout sort of happened just from so you said just from having too much expected of you, more or less. And a part of my personality type, where you are eager to please and eager to uh, to help people, and I think uh, individuals, people, whether they're church people or anybody else, get wind of that. And it seems like rather than working out their own issues, they want someone to kind of do it for them. And in that right. way, I think churches sometimes enable people. Now, I'm not accusing every pastor of doing that. I'm simply saying that we, because we want to be needed, 
sometimes we overdo it, you know. And so, uh, and the nature of people being that maybe they don't want to work as hard on their self. Absolutely. Absolutely. As maybe they should. And, so, so they hope somebody can do it for them. Yeah. And my mm-hmm. story has been working on myself. And, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's exactly, uh, that's exactly why we're, why we're here. Yeah, and then, working on too. myself has been one of the, the big things, I guess, for the last 40 plus years. Yes. At 64 now. And, but probably about when you were born, uh, you know, I, we were going through a bit of a crisis after about two years after you were born and basically... You and mom. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And uh, it was like an epiphany, I guess, or some kind of an experience where like, this is not what I want to end up in divorce and separation, all the above. So uh, from there on, a switch took place and I pursued uh, a deeper spirituality. I'm not sure if I've really achieved a deeper spirituality. It's a lifelong journey. Right? Yeah, a journey. Exactly. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. It's a journey. And, and yeah. with that journey, we have a look at failure. Uh, we don't like failure. But uh, I just determined one thing for anyone who cares to listen to this. That it's not a matter of if you fail. It's a matter of when you fail. What will you do, Bruce? I ask myself. I will get up and I will go again. Mm-hmm. I will get up and I will go again. To me, that is the uh, the value, I guess, of life that we learn from our mistakes. And so no one has a perfect life, and certainly mine isn't, but uh, I've had a lot of falling down and a lot of getting up. That's really, <laughs> I love it. It's really, really good, yeah. And I know I've, I think especially as I've come into my own adulthood whatever that means (laughs) we all we all all of a sudden realize that oh i'm an adult oh wow okay um but coming into that and looking back over my life looking back over your life dad it's like i could actually there are certain times where it's like it suddenly clicks it's like oh it's like well dad didn't know what he was doing at that point in his life either right that's right so it's like oh that's why he did that or that's why he was the way he was or that's why that happened and so it, it sort of allows, it sort of allows me, you know, to, it allows that part of me instead of, I mean, when I went through a lot of my issues, I mean, I could have become bitter at you and mom over certain yes, things. Yes. I could have very easily, but realizing that you were both going through your own struggles and your own issues, there's like, okay, whoa, wait a minute. They're human. They're human. <laughs> yeah. And then at that point, I think we were able to move our relationship beyond sort of this parent-child thing into something that was much more um uh yeah what is the word well an adult relationship adult I guess. relationship yeah. um, mm-hmm. on uh, sort of on par right we're we're, we're, we're equals of more, course more uh, so mm-hmm. looking back in in 1974 when you were born uh i think i was 21 your mom was 22. And even now I look back at myself at 21 and go, I'm just a kid. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, so it's like, so I have to put myself in your shoes at yeah, that point. Yeah, trying to be a father. And at the same time, not having any money. Of course, that didn't really affect us in the way that maybe today would because you just lived the way you lived. Yeah. But the greatest delight that I had was when you were a little kid, we spent hours together. Yes, we and, did. And one yeah. of your favorite things was to throw rocks. You probably have more rocks thrown into the river in Peterborough, Ontario than, uh, still than, does that. than I can count in. So, but, but as you turned a teenager, of course, then I lost contact to some degree. You were going through your own issues. I was going through issues. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's a part that uh, maybe some of our listeners would uh, have gone through or are going through. 
And it's so nice now to have a, an adult-to-adult relationship, even though those things that we went through, you know, you get angry, you get upset, you get all the above. Yeah. But uh, to have a good relationship now, and of course with Christine being here too, your significant other here. Yes. Uh, yeah. We love her and her son Travis, and it's just uh, been a, a great delight here at Christmas time to have them here. So, uh, you know, it does work out. And as an encouragement, anyone listening that, yeah, there are tough times. But, and I, yeah, I would like to change some things if I could, obviously, but I can't change them. I just have to live with we the reality. We have to accept them. Exactly. And we have to work through them. So we work through a lot of or our not. issues. <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think there's anything that we've swept under the rug necessarily that we haven't pulled out and dusted off You're and right. kind of been, okay, it's yeah. like, are, are we dealt with, are we okay with this? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's that's been nice to be able to do that over the years and... I don't know. I can't even point to a specific one now. It's sort of like it's all it, it's it's all sort of water under the bridge at this point. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even communication as near as much as it is loving somebody and accepting them for where yes. they're at. Yeah. Oh, and that like was that, you, that you, was very yeah. much what I needed. At, yeah. You at, don't have to necessarily agree to, with you agree even. or dig up all the stuff to say we don't always agree either. No. No. Exactly. So it's yeah. Isn't that okay. amazing? Isn't that amazing? How uh, even yeah. lifestyles? You know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're not a, you're not uh, someone that I would, your lifestyle is not discomforting to me, but in some cases, I suppose it can happen where someone is right. doing destru- yes. having destructive behavior, yeah. you still love them, yes. but you prefer they yeah. wouldn't do whatever they you think is destructive. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's things in my past, I, well, I mean, I have things in my past I would prefer I hadn't done. I know there's things in my past you would prefer I hadn't done. <laughs> me too. <laughs> but me it's, too. Yep. But it's, yeah. So, um, but I, I mean, it all comes down to spiritual growth yes it does and that's something you've already touched on and really that just gets us into the crux of this whole interview process Uh and so i'm just i'll just ask you right now then it's like what does the term spirituality or spiritual growth however we want to interpret that what does that term spirituality mean to you well, looking back is much easier than looking forward, but when I was a, a young person, uh, when you were just a little baby, I was writing journals. And journals, to me, was my way of connecting. Now, being raised in a very strong evangelical home, spirituality was more set on behavior that people uh, could see. It was behind the scenes when you're struggling with depression and discouragement and the things are not working that you begin to doubt. But you prefer to bury those and things. doubt is not allowed necessarily well, no. in and, that kind of environment and who do you talk with and it's like uh, you know i'm blessed i'm blessed and oh okay everybody in church seems to be blessed but in the meantime i was struggling as a teenager so uh what i decided to do as i got older and you're a young child then I, I i made a little motto for myself committed to wholeness was my thing it was pretty pretty uh, big thing for a young man to put down you Committed. were how old then i was probably yeah. about uh, 21 22 i think maybe okay. a little older and you wrote that i wrote down because i said oh, okay. I, wholeness w-h-o-l-e wholeness i want it to be yeah uh of course some people say holy well i think holy is wholeness personally we look at that word holy like you know like yes. it's a, sort of like somebody yes. that's uh uh got their life totally together no 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 yes. i'm committed to wholeness that doesn't mean i was whole so I said, what are you going to do, Bruce? I write in my journal, because you're going to fail. I'm going to get up again and go again. What are you going to do, Bruce? I'm going to get up and I go, go again. <laughs> and I failed many times. I mean, my failures to some other people might be so insignificant that 
hardly worth going on the radar for. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right? Significant you, yeah. to you. And I think a lot of it was my insecurities, uh, especially in relationship with my my wife. Felt very insecure at times, not because she did that to me. I just was insecure. Now, thankfully, uh, they say that when you get older, you put away childish things. Well, it's hard to say if childish mm-hmm. things have been put away, but uh, I'd it's, say that... It's more difficult to do than, yeah, <laughs> than yeah. you think, right? I think your mom and I are closer now than ever after uh, uh, 40, uh, <laughs> six 45, years, 45 years 45? of marriage, yeah. 45, yeah, that's right, I think so. And two years more than I am. Yeah, so. yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. So to be content now in relationship, I mean, isn't that amazing? I mean, how does it work? I don't know how it works. But uh, when you talk about spirituality, yeah. I think that if spirituality does not do something in terms of changing us, now change becomes another factor that's, we could talk about change. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't want yeah, to get into yeah, that yeah. too much. But yeah. Yeah. for me... Um, I look at the AA program, for example, as a very spiritual program. I facilitate one at the prison. I don't actually run it. I just happen to happen. It happens in the chapel. I listen to the guys. And without that spiritual component, whatever that is, in terms of how you describe it, it certainly uh, becomes, uh, I think, sincerity, honesty, openness, uh, acceptance of one another, all those words come into play when we talk about getting back to your question about spirituality. I think that's probably where it's at. But it's a very, I'm finding just from doing this even a few times, this process, I'm finding that spirituality is a very wide term that really can almost be equated to love. Absolutely. Love is something that's hard to describe when, exactly. when you sit exactly. and try to describe yeah. it. And, and when I ask people, when I've been asking people, and I want to ask myself, what yeah. is spirituality? It's become this, it's a very wide, encompassing word, ultimately, that we kind of throw around without really thinking too much about what it really means. Yes. And I think, I, I'm, well, already I've learned something about you in this, you're this commitment to wholeness. And when you describe that, it almost sounds to me like you're describing enlightenment in one sense. You could almost like take like 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 the Buddhist concept of enlightenment or something, be, because it is. And when somebody is a holy person, they they are a whole person. Yeah, so, yes, sort yes. of. And I, it's just really interesting that yeah, at 21 you would write that down and have a commitment to that. A commitment to whole. That's a really. That's that's a podcast on its own. <laughs> well, I love it. The thing with it, though, I had to uh, remind myself more times than not, I guess, to that was my goal in my life. And uh, I'm very thankful for my wife uh, because uh, she's such an accepting person and she's got a, a tougher hide than me. Uh, it's, it's hard to uh, describe that, but to have someone in your life that accepts you for who you are. And I think that is too, uh, I, I'm, I probably would say that many people don't have that in their life lives, and I, I feel sorry for them because there's someone that accept you when you don't accept yourself and you're fighting your own demons or whatever the case may be. Now, there's only so much a person can do. If, if I was not putting more into my life than, than what I, I, if I was putting less, pardon me, than what I was, I think it would be too difficult on her. But she knew that I was trying, and she knew that I was putting my absolute best into this thing. Right, yeah. And I don't want to mess with things now. In other words, you get a certain stage in your life where, and this is, talk about spirituality. Well, what is spirituality? It's, it's not just behavior. I mean, I can behave properly, 
But that behavior includes... Uh, it, it has to come from a genuine place. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and love and, and relationship and acceptance. I find myself working in the prison where it comes out the most, being kinder and not judging the fellows. We have some very serious, you know, criminals in prison, serious meaning some serious crimes. And, and while I don't accept what they did, obviously... No. No. Uh, to accept them and to sit there in my chapel and have coffee with them and treat them as a human being has been uh, probably as good for me as it is for them, you know, to go through that. Because we all have certain prejudices. And I know that some of our listeners would probably think that criminals and that's where they belong. Well, maybe they do belong there, obviously. But uh, but it comes kind of comes back to it. It's like, well, all of them were children at one that's point. That's right. Somebody's son. That's in this, this is a male prison, so I always look at somebody's son. Right. And what happened to them to make them... Exactly. You know, so yeah. you yeah. don't have as much judgment. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe nothing happened to them. And maybe they just made some well, bad decisions I, I had or something like that. Like that or I, it's yes, just... <laughs> yes. Yeah, I had a few like that. says, no, don't blame my parents. He says, I, they, I great parents. I said, I, I just chose this pathway. And then others, of course, you're thinking, oh, my goodness, no wonder, like, you know, on the street since you're 12 years old, trying to, anyway, right, yeah, I won't yeah. get on that rabbit trail. But uh, if you no, look that, at sp- spirituality, yeah. it encompasses all that, because how can they relate to a guy that's been, knew nothing but church and, and, and college and, and pastoral care? Well, it's amazing how they can relate, because they're all looking for, for hope, right? Yes. Every one of them, yeah. you know. Well, maybe that maybe that just leads right into sort of like the next uh, the, the next question here. Uh, when you talk about how you were raised in church and talk about uh, your pastoral days and now uh, and now being the chaplain in the prison, so is is there a specific religion or spiritual practice that you follow or continue to follow? Uh, or how do you work that into your, your daily existence now? Yeah, with so much taking place in, in religion today, uh, I find myself reacting to the Amer- American version of evangelicalism, uh, meaning that it's really harsh and mean-spirited. Uh, just by the very fact of my credentials, uh, I am an evangelical per se, but uh, I always make it very clear to those that are around me that there's, and I think they would see that in my life too. So in, in my actual practice, um, becoming accepting of others and of people, no matter where they come from. And so I'm a little bit defensive uh, because people... That t- makes sense. Yeah, I typecast others yeah. and they typecast me, you know. Yeah, yeah. I kind of forget the question now. <laughs> that's okay. That, that's okay. Uh, we're basically... So you would shall we say, identify as, uh, still, you'd still identify as a, as a Pentecostal, more, um, or le- more or less. Not really, no. Well, uh, as far as your, contri- sorry, as far as your credentials yes, are concerned, yes, absolutely. you yes. are a Pentecostal. Right. Now, in, that in and of itself is not your identity. Very true. Okay. Very true. Yes. Uh, so what within, so is, yeah, is there a spiritual practice then that you do follow? on, say, a daily basis, or something that you do identify with? Well, the, I do. Um, first of all, there is, I don't want to go down a rabbit trail here, but there is such a thing okay. as the emergent church. I'm, I'm quite thankful for my wife, Gwen, because of her studying of people like Richard Rohr, and it's out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. There is a movement taking place, just like the, the Pentecostals at the turn of the century. And by the way, uh, there were some genuine miracles down in Azusa Street in Los Angeles back in around the turn of the century, documented, even even uh, secular 
newspaper people right. were able to witness that. So the roots of Pentecostalism had more to do with uh, the experience of God right there. But we did a very poor job, I think, when it comes to our theology and development of theology and, and process that way. So it had to be experience. Well, sometimes the experience is not there. And when you are raised in it, you're waiting for God to do something. Mm-hmm. And God don't yes. show up, you know, he, he don't show up. And you say, well, they said he was going to show up and he didn't show up. We you know? think those experiences should be all the time. That's right. That's right. And, and I, and I think, yeah, I definitely growing up in the Pentecostal church, that was definitely sort of what I, was touted. That's right. That's right. As it's like, oh, we're supposed to be experiencing God on this, on this. And it's not even a deep level. It's an emotional level. We're supposed to experience a God on this on this kind of surface emotional level and always be like we right, sort right, of that's thing right. and um, I'm not for, sure where we're going no, with that some, exactly for some people but it didn't <laughs> work and I'm being very emotional it worked very well for me because yes. you go get a spiritual high yeah myself as well whether yeah. you go to the youth convention or whatever now I'm not saying that all that was wrong I don't mean to be throwing all that out. I'm just simply saying that you really can't live on that. It's like, like no, uh, it's no. nourishment for your spirit. Uh, yeah. It's like lot, living on junk food. In a way. Yes, that's it a is. good way of putting it. Yeah. You, need yeah. the, you need the nutrition, yeah. the day-to-day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so that's where my journaling came out. And uh, mostly my prayers were, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got them back uh, as far back as uh, 1979 when I started writing my journals and I've got them stacks of them, but they're not much good to anybody to read, but I find it now well, maybe that one of these days, yeah, I find it now to be quite helpful as I, as I go into, I'm 64 now and I begin to look at life and begin to look at to probably the latter end of my career. I still find it very helpful to, to do the journaling. Now I got off the subject again, but yeah, it, I'm it, still no, wondering. Well, the, actually that journal itself is a spiritual practice. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that becomes a part of a, I think the other spiritual practice, now, um, I have to lean on my wife, Gwen, because she's the reader in the family. Now, I'm the one that has a degree, but she reads, and she keeps me abreast of what's happening. Like I mentioned, Richard Rohr. Well, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a, like a scanner, like I'll get a, a, a clip from uh, on, on the uh, email, you know, Richard Rohr, and he says, all, I think I have this right, I don't want to quote him wrong, but I think what he said was, all spirituality begins with letting go. And, um, and so mm. I get those little tidbits, you know, and mm. I say, letting go. And uh, just recently... You try to figure out how to apply that to your life sort of right now. Or... Exactly. What do I let go? Well, it's very hard to let go, especially if yeah. it's uh, yeah, hurt it is. and yeah. pain. And some of us struggle with things yeah. that happened, you know, 40 years ago. We still can't let it go. And um, I find that that too is a spiritual practice of letting go and trying to let go. And I, I have this little theory in my mind that eventually it does leave. Eventually. It may take some time. Sometimes I might, uh, you know, every, every two hours sit down and say, God, I can let that go. I let it go because I, I have a tendency to worry and fret. Not everybody does that, but I have a tendency to rethink and overthink and whatever. But to let go, that's been a real... Um, it's almost like when, you're, when I was... In, Previous to that, it's like, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. There's that kind of almost frantic approach to faith. Yes, right. Yeah. I don't think that's beneficial. Yeah, I very beneficial. much experienced that yeah. myself as well. Yeah, I don't think that's beneficial. I really don't. I mean, it may no. get... Because at some point, I think you have to turn around and think, how can I help myself? 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I I think that's one of the caveats of being raised in a a charismatic type movement is that you're always waiting for God to do something. Yes. And in fact, instead of taking the reins, he's yourself. probably waiting for us to do something. Yeah. I say, think, I think so. Know, I think there's a point where, yeah. where God does say, hello, wake up. Is this it's like, like the, I'm not going to, I'm not going to babysit you forever. That's I can't right. Do the work for you. That's right. right. Yeah. And, yeah. and too much of that. And if, again, going back to, and I'm not the least bit bitter about how I'm raised. I just simply think that sometimes that we were kind of still waiting. It's like when Jesus said to uh, the cripple, you know, take up your bed and walk. Well, he could have just stayed there and said, no, I want you to get up, you know, and do something. Yes. And he yeah. might have said, well, I can't, you know, but uh, he did get up and he walked apparently. So uh, sometimes we got to get up and we got to get going. And it may not be very, maybe he walked very funny for a while. You know, maybe he was, you know. <laughs> you never think about that. It's no. like, did he just get up? And yeah. I mean, there's the scriptures that talk about the cripple getting up and leaping and yeah. dancing yeah. or whatever, but, but maybe it looked like a complete fool. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So the, the attitude I've taken is uh, just went through a crisis there a few, a few months ago. And I could have easily, that the first week of, I was off work for about seven, seven weeks, uh, mild cognitive uh, memory things and couldn't drive and all the above. It was extremely stressful. And as I sat there for that one week of just kind of like, just almost wanting to give up. And my wife said to me, honey, if we both get down, you know, it's not going to be good. And so I had to realize that I'd, I had control over some of this attitude. And that's one of the things that... Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not blaming anybody for it. It could have been just simply my my personality type, waiting for God to do something, mm. and in fact of saying, "No, get up, Bruce, and change your attitude." And so that's what I did, and I wrote a song about that. You know, letting it go, letting go. Right. And right, um, yeah. I felt that that was. Uh, I knew this instinctively, but when you're down and when you're out, you 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 want to enjoy this almost this self pity kind of thing. And there's a it feeds something that you want to wallow in you it, want to right? wallow yes yeah, exactly yeah, right yeah. Yeah. and i found that, that just standing up and saying okay enough is enough and those six weeks after it was a one week where i had this were, the, were the actually fantastic i was able to uh, recover and uh, drive again and my brother came out for a visit and his um, his wife my sister-in-law i got to love baseball a bit because she's a baseball fan and, uh, and Gwen and I got really close together. So, you know, in the end, I'm not suggesting for a moment that that's what everybody needs to do. I'm just simply saying that that's what I did. Yes. And I, I, I yeah. decided that I, if I got down, then I could drag down so many other people with me. Yes. And I felt that was... Uh, yeah. So if you talk about spirituality, it's practical too. Yes. So you yeah. literally just made a choice. Uh, I did, but yeah. you know, that choice, the word choice kind of... Uh, baffles me sometimes because uh, I'll get people talking about, well, it's your choice. Well, yes, but for anyone that's listening, it's, I, if someone had said to me, you're right, it is my choice. You're absolutely right. But when you're full of self-pity, you don't want to hear that word. Right. It's my choice. I, I don't, I didn't want to hear that. Your choice. Well, no, I want yeah. to blame everybody else. I want to say, yeah. well, if the doctor <laughs> yeah. hadn't said that to me and if I, uh, I would be still working, but you are right. But it takes 
time to realize that it is my choice. It's like it's like uh, I think we have to allow ourselves those times of we, pity. We have and to, things, yes. but, but but we have to also be aware that we need to pull ourselves out of those. That's which, right. Which you did. Too. And the so, process so. of just waiting there was probably uh, completely healthy, but I thought it was very poor. But it, I had to have that falling down first. So maybe all the background you had all these years of journaling. Yes. Committing yes. to wholeness. All yep. of that helped you to be able to make that choice. I think being married yeah. to a practical person who accepted mm-hmm. me for who I am mm-hmm. and who I was at that particular time a few uh, months ago, that uh, for someone to say to me, well, honey, if we both get down, it's going to be hard on both of us. And I began to realize that I was dragging my significant other down. Yes. And yeah. if you want to talk about spirituality, well, it's very practical. You know, I mean, I love practicality. Yeah, it's very, yes. it's very practical yeah. that you yeah. said, okay, enough. I have all the tools I need. Yeah. Most people don't have those tools because mm-hmm. I, here I am, you know. Uh, but that's because you've worked on it for so long. Exactly. That's what too. I was getting exactly. at. You yeah. built it. Yeah. yeah. But a that doesn't mean that uh, it was easy. It was like, yeah. uh, I knew what I had to do. I didn't realize, though, that how quickly I began to recover and how quickly my attitude kicked in and. And what turned out to be six weeks of being paid to be off work was not so bad after all. Yeah. It could have been so different. It could have been. Yeah. It could have been. Could yeah, have been I horrible. Could have dragged everybody down with you. Yeah. yeah. And that's... What a difference. Uh, that, that was... Uh, I don't even want to say... So that's... But that's it's a large measure of self-awareness, mm-hmm. uh, the work that you have done over the years. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. experience um, and the... How shall I put that? I mean, that is spiritual practice in and of itself. Like all of that, mm-hmm. yeah. all of those things. Um, I think you had a question. Christine, did you have a question for I probably did, on? and now it's gone. My, now it's gone? I think I might have some con- cognitive difficulties as well. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, but you said letting go is the basis of spirituality. Exactly. Let go. I, I'm going to yeah. remember that. <laughs> Very important. Well, I think you've touched on a couple of things already. Um, but have you had a major life event or multiple major life events or experiences that have changed your, say your worldview or, uh, I said to Christine, I was going to change that word. Worldview, worldview is exactly. a difficult one. Uh, so maybe your perspective, your, your perspective on life. <laughs> yeah. I think we're, we're always going through something or another that would probably do that. Um, I still struggle with confrontation. I, the sad part about it, this may take us down a rabbit trail for a second here, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. Confronting now, unfortunately, with my wife Gwen, she sees my negative side, and yet when I go to work, everybody sees my positive side. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, uh, the person we love the most sees the ugly side quite often, you know. Hopefully, they see all sides. Yeah, hopefully, but... yes, yes, yes. Thank you. That's, <laughs> but... that's perspective, yeah, and that's yeah. true of us. That, that is true. That's the perspective. And I forget where I'm going with this thought, but it just that I, I guess I, I would like to say that in our struggle, uh, you know, it's, it's not particularly unique, and yet it is unique. Everybody has their own issues. But um, anyway, I'll stop there. Just ask me the question again. What was the... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went what, down a rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, what life events have, have changed your world, your, your perspective on life? Well, Christmas of 1976 definitely did that when we were right. about to separate. It, it had a radical, completely wake-up call that I will never forget. 
that our marriage was over allegedly at that time and uh you were just a baby yeah and i had to make a decision what i was going to do there i would probably think um the only other things that changed later on i mean there's many other things that i can't think about what stands out is uh burning out again or just getting so tired of church life getting so tired of being the person who excelled so much and i'm not blaming anybody for that yeah yeah that, was, that sounds to me like being on the hamster wheel exactly. sort of thing and going yeah. through the same motions again and yeah. again and again yeah. and figuring out why is this not fulfilling or why is this not yeah. working Now, for mind me? you, uh, like I say, this is not an, a, a bitterness coming out so much as a realization that we have bought into uh, a church type of, or how we do church, I guess, with my assemblies. And that's changing with the young people coming up, thank goodness. But I'm of the old school, and the pastor does this, and the pastor does that. And it seems like our self-esteem is tied up into how we preach or how we don't. How good of a job you do. Yes, that's right. And so with my personality type, it was not a good mix, even though Mm -hmm. I was and still am a very good pastor. But, you know, in terms of being able to take the heat from different congregational members and please people, uh, people see things in us, they, and we see them in others, and they know what what spot to attack us on, you know. But um, I don't feel one bit bitter about that, you know. So um, just being able to actually exercise that gift now in a very, very uh, uh, isolated place, I guess, like a prison, I'm a pastor, and that comes out very, very clear, you know. Right. I think I went down another rabbit trail. That's no, okay. I think that... Uh, well, you said yeah, basically burning out was mm-hmm. a major life event. And there were a few, a few of those. Yes, yeah. okay, that's time. right. And 76 yeah. was uh, was one of those. And in recent years, that's a very true. Yes, so... Yeah. But, I, but I, I guess even just coming into that understanding of uh, what it means to be... Uh, uh, to sort of find, say, your your real calling of being the chaplain, yes, and just being able to be the pastor, that that in and of itself is sort of a life event that goes, oh, wait a minute, mm-hmm. that sort of puts everything else in the past into perspective. Then as to why, you know, why this didn't work out and why yep. that didn't work out, so would... it, so it sort of changes, uh, it it changes the story of your past, whereas it's not something that happened to you or happened. Or, but maybe it was all leading up to. Yes, yeah, I like to believe that too. Yeah, I would because if we know the how the story was going to end, you know. Uh, yes, it's a. I had this kind of uh, epiphany. I is a, is a best right word. Um, when I was eight years old, I was. Uh, I don't know if I was depressed, but I just distinctly remember waking up to realizing that things weren't the way they were supposed to be. At eight years old. Yeah, well, you're you're sitting in church and you realize that this person is not very happy. You're observing. You're not sure what to do with this emotional response. You just observe. Yeah. And and there's certain things going on in your family life that you would rather weren't going on. And um, I, my father has passed on, but I love his heart and I love him dearly. But he wasn't an emotionally uh, individual where he spent time with you or. Or communicate with you, and here I am, eight years old, wanting to have that, and certainly I'm not holding that against him now by any means. That was one of the things. And the other time was when I was 16, I was suicidal. Most people wouldn't know that. Uh, we were living in a small community. Uh, my my life was not going too good, 
and I, I felt very much alone, you know, and I went through a little experience. This is, sounds really funny to some people perhaps, but at 64, this only happened about maybe a month ago. I, I said yeah. to the, uh, back in time to the eight-year-old and the 16-year-old, I said, hey, come and join me. I says, I'm over yes. here. Yeah. And I said, I really love what's taking place. I said, oh, I says, I, yeah. I have a son now. And I says, I'm, I'm working as a chaplain in the prison. I was talking to these 16-year-old and this eight-year-old. I think that's and, actually important. Yeah. And I says, hey, I'm doing great. And I said, I have lots of room for you over here. I said, so come into my heart. And so I brought them into my heart. And I, I'm looking after them. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. That's, no, beautiful. that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is. No, and the, the picture of that, I'm going to relate back to my previous podcast on that movie Soldier. Oh, yes, 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 there, yes. There's the end picture of him holding the small boy. And I've said that this small boy is is his is his inner child. Yes, yes. And yes. that is what has happened. And so that is what you're doing. You have these boys with you. That's right. Now. I'm, and, I'm and mature. You're, you're, I'm a, you're at peace. That's exactly right. With them. And they're, they're, why those stands out, why they stand out. Uh, I know, but it's more of an emotional thing than I give you the facts about it. I can't give you a whole lot of facts, but I knew that at eight years old, but you begin to be awakened to what's around. And, hey, this is not the way it's. That's quite to be. something at eight. I don't, yes. at eight, I just I was oblivious. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was oblivious till I was thirty. So probably, probably <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, that was a very significant thing for me to be able to. I guess it's like bring them home and to reconcile, you know. And healing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I, I don't think I could ever yeah. think about that. It was dropped into my, my into my heart. Yeah. I don't know if you could ever think about that. It's just, it was something. Something I, you realize you had to do. It came to you. Yeah, yeah at some point. Yeah. Right. And yeah, that's intuition, whatever whatever you want to call that. Mm -hmm. So So what, uh, are, are, there, are there activities or everyday events that happen to you now that you consider spiritual or the things you do every day that are things spiritual that might to seem you. ordinary yeah, to dealing, other people dealing that with road rage would be one of them really <laughs> and how do you deal with it well i drive out uh i drive with the camp loops uh uh once a week and i had a few times where i did not behave properly i can't say that i did anything to anybody but so i had to decide that where is this going to go if I decided to act on some of this anger, so I have a talk to myself in the morning, Bruce, what are you going to do? I'm just going to drive safely. I'm going to let the guys pass me, even the bad drivers who are on my tail, just pull over and let them go. You don't have a clue what they're up to, what's going on in their life, and yet we take it so personal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That may not... So you chose to just be responsible for your own actions. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> I don't have a temper per se, but I certainly get my back up when someone is pushing me. And in this case, literally, I guess, if you're on the highway. That may not seem like a big thing, but it comes it is a, a little bit like a watershed thing for everything that we do mm -hmm. is like letting go. Letting go. I had to let it go. And that's a practice to getting back to your question, I guess, that keeps me going. I wish I could have that. Sometimes I got to go down to my office and sit there and uh, take some deep breaths. It doesn't mean that it goes that quickly and let it go uh sometimes it keeps me awake at night but eventually it goes so that really comes so this whole idea of letting go it's it's been coming up almost yes. almost every single uh question, pros, question mm -hmm. process we're going through here yeah. so so this is this is this is an everyday exactly event for you 
Yes. This letting go of whatever it happens to be that you're dealing with that particular day. It's a practice. Right? Now, mind you, it, it, uh, is. Yeah. it could Very also so. be, uh, not to be confused with never confronting or never yes. dealing with issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be the caveat of that particular thought is that I don't deal with anything. Well, that's not true. That's not what we're talking about here. It's, it has more to do no, with... No, letting, yeah. letting go is dealing with it yeah. and then being done with it. Yeah. Actually I, being done with yeah, it. Yeah, things I can't yeah. control, obviously. But if I'm avoiding confrontation and I say, oh, let's let it go, well, sometimes it's not good. Uh, I have to rethink it through before I react. Now, if it's, unfortunately, we <laughs> in married life... Which is good that we uh, don't always think the things we're going to say because we, we have love there to cover. But there's only a certain point that, that can go. But it's just that if we had to live on eggshells or uh, like we're walking on eggshells, is not good in a relationship. Mm-hmm. No. But when you're dealing with inmates, when you're dealing with officers, uh, the best form is always politeness and kindness. That's always the best because you can never really go wrong with that. But uh, confronting sometimes is, is very important, especially supervisors who maybe overextend their power. And it's difficult for me, but I've been able to do that more so now than ever, uh, to sit there and say, I don't think that was appropriate, and be calm and cool about it. So that's one of the things uh, that I've learned. Even at my age, you can learn some things like that. Some other people are so good at their yes is yes, their no is no, not me. I've got a really twist around in circles and before I do that kind of stuff. So some <laughs> listeners would identify and others would say, well, you just, I identify you with did, that yeah, yeah. very much. So, uh, yes. yeah. But when I'm ready for it, I got to have it all in my mind yeah. and know exactly what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to destroy people. That's the last thing I want to do is destroy them and mm-hmm. feel somehow justified about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, that's that part. That's really good. <laughs> that's all. And I think, so I think you've already sort of touched on even uh, so, some of the next question. Or, but all this letting go, I'm, I'm just going to call it that. I'm going to yeah. say that that sounds like what the spiritual path is that you're on, more yes. or less, is this, just this idea of letting go since it's coming up so often. And I think you've basically answered this more or less, but maybe if you could succinctly put it, it's like, what is the benefit you get from that from letting go of things and from so, mm-hmm. so really it's dealing with things and then letting it go and then it's like it's in the past it's done well i wish it was that easy yeah uh, well that yeah right yeah. It, it's it, it's a process i'm very much yeah. simplifying i'm not the process, even sure but if it's... i even let it go properly i just know that i often wonder that myself yeah, about i'm not my sure own if issues. i am because uh but i know that some people can do that very quickly and it's done mm-hmm. i'm not even sure if i'm even speaking about anger issues and things like that, because no, sometimes you no, have to. I, no, I, I think um, you, you're talking about every little thing that yeah. that goes on is that, is, is that you're working on it and it's in your mind. And, yes. And yes. it's like, and how, so you're, you're kind of doing how much, how much energy are you putting into this thing that, that's, right. that's, that's bothering right. you or, yep. or maybe it's even a good thing. So I, st- I still journal and pretty well every day I have a, a, a piece to put down. And so oftentimes letting go becomes almost a part of that everyday thing where it, it might be so simple and so silly to some people and some of our listeners. But at the same time, I, I get it, you know, if you, it, but it's your battle and it's your life. And it's, it may be so simple as, as someone not cleaning up after themselves, you know, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be uh, the... Uh, my issue, uh, I don't clean up after it must be my wife, but she can let go things go. But when you live together, you have to let a lot of stuff go. 
eventually, yes. you know very well yeah. the person's not going to change. So either you adjust to that or you, you let it be. There's certain things that you respect. But, you know, I'm untidy, uh, you know, and I know that uh, I try to, it could be something really small. It could be uh, an irritating co-worker who does certain things. And if you don't have a good relationship, you know very well, if you bring it up and it comes in the wrong way, then you've got a problem. But where there's, where there's relationship and where there's grace and love, you know, it's, it's still hard to do, but you can. So, like I say, it's a swirl of stuff there. And uh, we carry around in us uh, a lot of uh, issues, I guess, that we see, observe. We're sensor feelers, especially if you're a sensor feeler like me, where I feel... An everything. empath, is what yeah, I've heard yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. An empath. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least uh, it, you try to let go. And I, I don't think for a moment that it's a matter of just simply it's all done in one, one minute. Uh, for some people, it's marvelous. I love it how they can let go. We have an officer, he's retired now. I said, Bill, how do you manage? He says, well, when I leave that door, he said, I leave all the stuff behind. I said, wow, I wish I could do that. And that's how we survived. I do think, though, if you are an empath, it's not possible to do that. But that's a gift. It is a gift, yes. A burden and and, and a gift. And a practice, too, you know, that someone practices that. Is the word forgiveness synonymous with letting go? Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yes, yes. To forgive is uh, probably one of the most difficult things that some people go through. And I think it should be difficult in some cases that it is yeah. difficult to forgive. I mean, just because someone happened to, uh, you know, say a, a, something to me that hurt for the moment, forgiveness mm-hmm. is pretty easy. But uh, if it's a major event, you've you got to process some of that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's not, not easy. Yeah, I'll have to talk to you more after about, yep. about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could talk about it now more as well, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but so to, to specifically say identify the benefit that you get out of that letting go, uh, you just feel like it just makes your life bearable, I guess, even for that matter. Yeah, I, again... Where, where you're not hanging on to everything. That's right. I don't even and, know how to describe it other than the fact that you have yes, to wait for the event yeah. to take place. What yeah. am I letting go? It's almost a daily event. For me, uh, driving out to Kamloops every, every week... It's a weekly event of letting go, okay, Bruce, you're going to keep the speed limit, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, yes, yes, yes. It's like an agreement with yourself. Um, Some things are good things. Uh, One of the inmates needs to see me, and I like being needed, and I want to be needed because I'm important, and and I'm the chaplain, and I need to be doing that. Bruce, let it go, let it go. Let the baby cry for a while. You know, it's not going to be not going to hurt anybody right. for the baby yeah. to cry. Yeah. And and you're not that important. They can survive without you. And you find out later they did, and they oh they almost forgot what they wanted when they do see you. Some things you can't let go because they just want something right now. Exactly. Exactly. And it's yeah. like, well, okay. Oh wait, I don't need to fulfill everybody's whim right now. Exactly. So it it is a life experience, and uh, what's difficult for some. I mean, I love being needed, you know, which is not necessarily what some people like, but I love it when when I yeah. need it. You know, I want to yeah. help. I want to be there. And so for me to let go would be in that area, but unfortunately, I can hold a grudge pretty good. And trying to let go of that. Here I am, this sensor feeler, chaplain, pastor, you know, a degree in theology, and have all these uh, uh, this support in that area. But uh, then I can be so petty over some little slight that someone gave me and let it go, Bruce, let it go. This is uh, a, not a daily event for me, but it certainly comes up quite often. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> so letting go would free you up, it, avoid depression. For the moment, Avoid anyway. anxiety. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And well, yeah. it actually helps you, I think, to avoid physical ailments too. Yeah. I usually sit, to... uh, sit down and I put my, both my hands out and I say, Father, I just let it go. And sometimes it takes, uh, you know, it does work. But there's no magic to it. It's just a matter of you put up. Yeah. You, you just take your hands, put them out like this, like I'm letting something go, and I try I like that. that. Uh, yeah, let it go. And uh, so there's a physical element to yes, what you're yeah. doing, even. Okay. Well, yeah, it's know, interesting. It's like yeah. a ritual. Of course, uh, it's like a ritual. Yeah. Of course, my yeah. wife. Uh, well, what her response will be? Well, it never really bothered me, and I wouldn't let it bother me. So she said, "I let it go before it even almost even happened." <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I process it and think about it, and what did they mean? But by that's that? personality types it is, too. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah, you can't yep. change that part. But exactly. that's good because it sounds like you sort of balance each other out a little bit. Absolutely. In some ways, yeah. so mm-hmm. it's. But that's a whole nother She's the better topic half, in general. Okay, so, so we'll do. Uh, well, well, mom's interview will likely be coming out before yours for whatever reason. I decided good. that's the way it's going to be. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, obviously, obviously, mom would be one of your influences along your spiritual journey. Yeah, I'm assuming you can confirm that. Well, but but, yeah. but who like who has influenced you along the way of all these years? Who have been your major? It could be a book. It could be a actual person from your life. Yeah. It could be a well, I think my father-in-law uh, would have to be one of the uh, the building blocks. Not use him as a block. I mean by that, but just yeah, a, yeah, as, no, a, as a as a uh, when we talk about spiritual formation. And spiritual formation is a kind of a, I think I understand it. It's a big thing now with many churches. Oh, like okay. Like what forms your, your, your foundation. Um, oh, interesting. I okay. met uh, yep. Mr. Langdon when I was about 16 years old. And uh, he's about five foot one, but he's a giant in faith. <laughs> yes. So don't get me wrong. I love my dad. But uh, that's, there's a different relationship with your father in my case with my father and my father-in-law my, my my dad has since passed on but uh so there's there's many people that i could name there's pastors that during that time were close to me but uh the person i would phone uh more than likely if i was in need of anything is uh is is uh my father-in-law it would be there uh, another person that I read quite a bit about is Henri Nouwen. Now, that's books, uh, people that wrote them. Now, Henri Nouwen struggled quite a bit in his own life. I and, don't think I've even heard of him. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's well known to many of our listeners, I'm sure. He, um, I believe he was uh, a Catholic priest, as far as I know. And he struggled so immensely in his life, and he wrote about that. Now, mind you, I wish I could say that I, I read so much, but I, I what happens is I... I get a glimpse of some people, and I love watching YouTube, you yes. know, and, and different. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Even even the the group YouTube uh, is is a, is a tremendous uh, like influence. Well. Their music is speaks loudly to our inmates, and it speaks to me. I think I love uh, other, like with my father-in-law. It's more of a practical, relational, uh, mentoring kind of thing. But okay. but I'm 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 largely influenced by culture as well as what's happening, and sometimes it's outside the church, and I think sometimes even movies will speak louder to a spiritual issue than what the church that, does. That's always my take yes, on things, yes. as you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's <laughs> and so uh, I I would say that uh, many of the people I can't actually uh, name 
different influences at the moment here, but I know, for example, no, that's the, fine. The, the movie, yeah. or not the movie, but the group, you two, they will address things, and some people would not consider them to be Christian or spiritual, but they, they really are. And whatever that looks like to some of them, uh, as I look at it from a point of view, is that when my guys see a video of their songs, it, it does a lot for them, you know. So there's many other influences, but um, like I say, it's it's because I'm a sensor feeler. I pick up things from anywhere and everywhere, and so it's uh, like you're getting bits and pieces. That's right. From yep. all, and you're putting them together and exactly. kind of making this whole picture. Yep. And, yeah, and I I can relate to a lot of that in in some ways. Uh, I can probably be more specific about a lot of my influences per yep. se. But I, but I do much the same thing as well. It's like, oh, sometimes it's just, you know, this one thing that somebody says, it's like, oh, that's really, that's, that, that really makes me think about something for a while and leads to something now, much bigger. I, once again, I, I have the advantage of having a partner who reads all the time. I've often joked and said, well, if yes. anything happened to her, I wouldn't know if who it was. I said, put a book in front of her face that maybe I'll... I'll tell you who it is. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, so, if you had to identify yeah, the body, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, in, in a in a, I'm almost embarrassed over it that I don't read enough, but I guess that's the way it is. But uh, my wife Gwen reads so much, and I get the Reader's Digest version of something, and oftentimes say, "Would you read that again, please?" And like, wow, that's really powerful. And so I'm kept abreast of the situation with the emergent church. I'm aware of, like I say, with Richard Rohr and a few other individuals, Brian McLaren. Some of them would be considered heretics to some of the listeners, maybe. To certain, yeah. To certain points. And, yeah. and, and I'm not saying that I agree with everything. That's one of the problems that I find that with uh, my own evangelical That's roots, an excellent thing mm-hmm. to bring up. Yeah, yeah. if you start uh, quoting somebody that you believe is saying something truthful, like you two, that somehow, well, they can't be believers because, well, I think that's very unkind. Uh, because who among us would have full knowledge of everything? And so um, I'm pretty near sure that the younger pastors today, I'm pretty near sure of this in talking to them, are far more open and eclectic in their approach to to faith. At least I hope they are. Because if we're going to have any influence on the generation coming up, you know, that there's always one that's, it seems like every generation has a different way of looking at life. Uh, I, I feel that it's not a matter of just being relevant and trying to be, you know, the in group. And, and yet, in some ways, it is being relevant to that group. But I think truth, uh, change, not the truth doesn't change, but how we transmit it and how we see it and how we view it, mm-hmm. how we share it. And it can come from many different forms. I'm sure there's people out there that maybe don't have a clue about faith, can speak truth and say the most mm-hmm. uh, godly things that they don't even know. You can hear it from even inmates sometimes that uh, you say, well, what would they know about faith and truth? Well, I'll tell you, sometimes they really surprise you. That's fantastic. Boy, this is <laughs> this has been a bit of a, a bit of an eye-opening conversation in some ways. Like it's it's sort of like I said, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. It's mm-hmm. just like, can I get a picture of my father in a slightly different aspect? Or and I mean, we've talked about a lot of this stuff. I suppose in the past, but I mean, certain things you've said, uh, you haven't mentioned before, mm-hmm. uh, this idea of whole, uh, being committed to wholeness, the, uh, this idea of letting go yeah. uh, of things is being like such big proponents in your life. 
And I think that, I think this has been the perfect example of exactly why I want to do these interviews mm-hmm. and, and this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, so actually I'm just going to thank you yeah, <laughs> sure. dad again for doing this, for agreeing to do this. Cause this has been really great. Yes, and thank you. Is there any, Christine, is there anything that you've thought that, uh, any questions you have to further Maybe not or? a question, but I'm just, I am absolutely fascinated with this idea of letting go and the practice you've had all these years. And just the comment that you, I can't remember who you said you first heard that from. Um, it was a religious... Richard Rohr. Richard Rohr. And he is Pentecostal? No, no. He's a oh, Catholic, uh, Catholic priest. I think he's a Jesuit. Franciscan. Franciscan. And okay. uh, basically out of uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. Some people would be familiar with him. But um, I also had the privilege of going to a conference where Brad Jersick, he's a theologian, and the gentleman who wrote the book, The Shack, and uh, they were there. Some people think they're heretics too, but you know what? They have such a wonderful... <laughs> and I always think they don't go deep enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, this, this uh, workshop, or already a workshop, is more like a, a getting together at the Anakin Church down in, uh, just outside of Abbotsford there in Aldergrove. And it happens in October or in March this year. Uh, it it is tremendous, but it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's probably I wouldn't expect my wife to go because she's more of a, a th- I'm a sensor feeler. She's more of a thinker. Right. And it it, it, it doesn't necessarily the shoe doesn't necessarily fit for mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was tremendous, and I had quite a glimpse of uh, of of some very I guess you'd say. How would you describe something that you see, but you can't explain it? It's almost like it gets dropped into your heart, and you know it's been good, but it's like trying to... I would to, say that is spiritual. Trying to explain <laughs> that. I, I call yeah. that intuition, yeah. more or less, really. It's a bit like so trying to explain the nutrients in the food you eat. Well, you when don't you think don't about understand that. You them. don't understand it. Yeah. You just say, well, that was really good, but I don't know why it was good. Yeah. And that's a bit like spiritual. That's a good you way of putting it. get something into your system. Mm-hmm. Say, wow, that was good. I don't know what happened there, but something mm-hmm. happened and shifted in my heart. Wow. Yeah, so my comment really was, yeah, so you heard that from Richard Rohr, who was yes, a Catholic. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I've heard, I've been hearing that same idea come up from completely non-religious points of view, too. Yes, yes. Where people are saying they have had to learn how to let things go in order to move on with their life. So, well, we began the conversation yeah, with yeah. what is spirituality. Yeah. I think we make the mistake of concluding or thinking that average Joe citizen out there is not spiritual. Well, I really believe they are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't know, and they say some pretty profound things. Mm-hmm. And we often relegate it to the church. Well, sometimes the church may not be all that spiritual. That's possible too. Sometimes you know? they are. Sometimes yeah. they are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so there's people yeah. out there that uh, again, it is up to the individual. That's mm-hmm. right. To mm-hmm. to do the work or to be radically changed through some event that happens to them or something mm-hmm. to some extent, but. It, we ultimately we cannot rely on the group to save us. Yeah, although really. uh, there is something about group dynamics uh, that does true because that can us, be you know. strengthening and uplifting yep. to some extent. But but we can't we can't rely on them to do the work for no, us. No, exactly. And nor should we just be followers just for the sake of following and going along with the crowd because mm-hmm. uh, the individual. Although uh, that gets into a whole can of worms about. We talk about the body of Christ and the body working together and as one, and yet individuality seems to be lost at times. And there's a whole bunch of things that go on there. 
I'm not sure what a holistic or a well-balanced view of that would be. I think I know, but I don't know if I could explain it. Oftentimes, uh, we know that when we are valued by any group and we value each other, then that seems to be the, the dynamics that we're all looking for is to be valued, be appreciated, even though we may not be the the star of the show or nothing like that, but we're part of You're it. You're seen. Yes, right? exactly. Truly yeah. seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is important. Well, thank you again, dad, for doing this. Really, really appreciate it. A delight. Yeah. Uh, and so I think, I think that's been a good view into your life, a good view of your spiritual journey. Uh, and we have our little saying that we like to end uh, these, these particular episodes of Think Spiritual Podcasts on. And would you agree that to change yourself is to change your world? I have to think about that. To change yourself is to change your world. Um, you know, I, I'm a sensor feeler, so I got to... <laughs> now you, you need a week to yeah, think about I do, that. I do, I do, the change your world. Uh, change I, uh, your world is in just your world around oh, you. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, that happened to me during this time of uh, my small crises. Yes, yeah. I, I had to so rise above that. I had to, and if I didn't... And I guess that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Is, is there truth in that statement? Basically, yes, absolutely. The only thing, I didn't tell you I was asking that question because yeah. I just thought, oh, let's see yeah. how this goes. But I don't want to <laughs> complicate things, uh, but I know that sometimes people don't have the strength. They, yes, and I don't know how you yeah. help them. I, even with my background and even with my ability to kind of pull my socks up, uh, I it took everything out of me to make yeah. a decision that I couldn't let this thing, yeah. and of course being married to a lady who was patient and kind and gracious helped a lot. So I would say that, um, I don't want to say I feel sorry, but I, I do feel compassion, I guess, for people who don't have that support in their life and right. they are alone and they can't seem to get that strength. At least uh, I have, I shouldn't say at least, probably most importantly, is I have great love in my life. And so with love, you know, it's amazing what can happen. And so, like I say, I'll leave it at that. But for me to compare myself to somebody else or they to me wouldn't be quite fair. It is an experience and we got to work it through. And uh, I'm so glad, though, that uh, uh, I did work that through. Yes. Yeah. So am I. (laughs) Right. Thank you. Um. But yeah, that, that's where I'm a big proponent of, say, uh, a psychological healing and yes. working on yourself. Yes, yes. Um, and also, when it just comes to spirituality, maybe there are some people out there who probably need, say, a teacher to introduce them to, yes. to elements of spirituality. Yes. And, and all those things can lead into it. If a person is genuinely seeking, they will, they will continue to work on themselves. They will. They will. And... That is where, yeah, that is where I do believe that once you do that, you will change your world around you because at least at minimum, your perspective of the world is going to change. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and I'll, <laughs> so thank you, Dad, again for coming Thank on. you. Thank you, Christine, for co-hosting once again. Thank you. And thank you, everyone who's tuned in to listen. And I do really believe if you change yourself, you will change your world. We'll see you on the next episode.